Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, I'm bringing you guys the top 12 wide receivers for 2020 fantasy football. Now, I already went over the top 10 wide receivers in two previous videos, so you guys can go ahead and check those out on my channel as well. I'm going to recap them, though, before we get into the video. I'd like to ask if you guys could click that subscribe button down below. It's free. I'm going to be producing content every single day to help you guys win your fantasy football championship come December. So let's get right into it. Top 12 wide receivers for fantasy football in 2020 and if you guys could be so kind when you're down there clicking the subscribe button leave a comment of your top 12 wide receivers we can have a nice discussion down below in the comments so my rankings one through five right here we got michael thomas Devontae adams julio jones Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Hopkins. Now, we were basing these off of tiers earlier. So, my first tier is Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and Tyreek Hill. Now, Tyreek Hill, I've been very iffy on if I think I should include him inside of the top three guys. But since he has that game breaker skill where he can really put off a game where he wins you the fucking week by scoring like 35, 40 points, I think he belongs up there with the big dogs at one through three. So, at number five, starting off tier two, we have DeAndre Hopkins and then the next couple of guys, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, DJ Moore, Al Robinson, and Mike Evans. All six of those guys are all in the same tier with each other in tier number two. So now we're going to begin with tier numero three. At wide receiver number 11, we have Cooper Cup wide receiver of the Los Angeles Rams. FFPC ADP in 2020 is 49.4 FFPC. What that is, is those are higher stakes types of leagues being played on that website. ADP means average drive position, so he's getting drafted at the 49th pick of your fantasy football draft. He is six foot two, 204 pounds, and his workout metrics are not very hot. 24th 40-yard dash, 38th percentile speed score, 5th percentile burst score, 90th percentile agility score, and a 45th percentile catch radius, but that does not tell the tale of who Cooper Cup really is. Cooper Cup is so much better than what those stats will tell you. Now, looking at his stats from last season, Cooper Cup had an amazing season. Even with the Rams having a Super Bowl hangover, Cooper Cup was a top five wide receiver. Finished as wide receiver number four in PPR format, 16.9 PPR points per game, seventh at wide receiver. He played in all 16 games, 134 targets, 8.4 per game, 11th at wide receiver, 94 receptions, 5.9 per game, seventh at wide receiver, 1,162 receiving yards, 72.6 per game, 11th at wide receiver, 10 total touchdowns, second amongst wide receivers, and 16 red zone receptions, third amongst wide receiver. This guy was absolutely putting on a field day in these games. He was top 12 in every single category we noted. Top 12 in targets, receptions, receiving yards, total touchdowns, as well as red zone receptions. Now, Cooper Cup season is actually one that's a tale of two halves. The beginning half, where Cooper Cup is absolutely butt-fucking defenses, and the second half, where Cooper Cup is just scoring touchdowns like it is his job, which it obviously is. So if we go ahead and bring those up right now, you can see that What I just stated was very, very evident. Week 1, 11 points, then 17, 33, 26, 26. And then after week 5, it started to go downhill. 5 points, 11 points, 35, and then a goose egg. 8 points, 9 points, 18, 14, 16, 13, 22. If you notice, all of those games where he's going off towards the end of the year is because he is scoring touchdowns. He even has a game early in the season where he get over 200 yards. He had 220 receiving yards week 8 up against the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, real quick, let's think about what changed 
between last year and this year for the LA Rams. So obviously they have the same quarterback, still Jared Goff. They change out running backs. They go from Mr. Knee Injury, Todd Gurley, and they draft Cam Akers, who they believe and I personally believe could be a workhorse back. What they also do is they trade Brandon Cooks to the Houston Texans because Bill O'Brien wants all the injured wide receivers. So now what is the offense looking like? They got Goff, Hupp, and Woods. Now, Cup is primarily that slot type of wide receiver. Woods, the more outside wide receiver. And then they also began towards the end of last year to bring out what is called a two tight end set. They're bringing out the plays where two tight ends are on the field and two wide receivers, as opposed to doing maybe three wide receivers, four wide receivers. There's all types of different things you could do. But the reason for doing that is because their offensive line sucked the fat one. It was fucking atrocious. It was splitting like the Red Sea so that Jared Goff was getting put on his ass every single game. So how do you solve this? The two tight end set, that means that one tight end is probably going to act as a blocker. He's going to come off the line and try to save Jared Goff's ass by blocking. The other tight end is going to go out there and ball out. That's why we saw Tyler Higby getting a lot more use deeper down in the season because he was in on these two tight end sets. Now Brandon Cooks leaving is actually excellent for Cooper Cup and Robert Woods them both. I actually think Robert Woods is going to have a great year as well, but Cooper Cup just seems to be the super safe guy. This guy is a straight-up beast on the LA Rams. We saw a few years ago, Cooper Cup was easily one of the best wide receivers in the league, and now he has stayed as that. He actually broke out my freshman year of college, which was in 2017, and he has just been a beast ever since. I think we see an amazing version of Cooper Cup this year, a receiver who is going to be seeing a shit ton of touches in an offense that is very well run. Obviously, you didn't hear a lot about Sean McVay last season. Last season, no one was talking about him because he wasn't playing all that great. They kind of figured out how to stop Sean McVay, and then what Sean McVay did, he changed. He figured it out. He's a smart guy, so now they run into two tight end sets. So we can actually go back into the stats that I was just talking about earlier about how his first part of the season is really good, and then the end, it was kind of a bit verklempt. It was a bit fucked up. So if we look at Cooper Cup stats, in split is the first five games of the season, week one through week five, and the rest was the last couple of the last 11 weeks of the season. Something interesting to note here is obviously he was much better in those first Five games in the first five games of the 2020 or the 2019 fantasy football season 19.1 half PPR points per game or 23.2 PPR points per game his target total was 12.6 receptions 8.2 per game his total touchdowns was 0.8 and his receiving yards were 101 out of split the back half of the season where he was just looking like some donkey fucking doo-doo 11 points versus the 19 that we saw at the beginning of the season per game in half PPR. 14 versus 23. Four receptions versus eight. 6.4, five targets versus 12. He fucking doubled his target number at the beginning of the season versus at the end, and then almost doubled the yards as well, 59.64 versus 101. So I think we're going to see a lot more of the Cooper Cup we saw earlier in the season. I think without Brandon Cooks, we're going to see Cooper Cup absolutely tear up some defenses. I think that a lot of people are underestimating Cooper Cup due to the fact that so many people love Robert Woods. Then I honestly have been doing that myself. If you notice in my mock draft videos that I do, someone drafts Cooper Cup, and then no later than five picks later, someone goes, holy shit, I need to draft Robert Woods. They go right next to each other. It's like peanut butter and fucking jelly. They can join together in the same round. I believe that Cooper Cup is easily a top 12 wide receiver this year, and a lot of people are overlooking him due to the fact that his numbers later in the season, while he still finished as a top 
four wide receiver just weren't as good as his start of the season. Now, looking out here, we got wide receiver number 12, Adam Thielen of the Minnesota Vikings, 49.92 FFPC ADP, 6'3", 200 pounds, undrafted out of now. He is a Minnesota Viking. 4.5440 yard dash, 52nd percentile wide receiver, 96.7 percentile speed score, 121.2 percentile burst score, 11.26 percentile or 47th percentile agility score, 50th percentile burst score, and 68th percentile catch radius. If you guys have enjoyed this video thus far, I would really love if you could click that subscribe button down below. I'm going to be posting content every single day, like I said, to help you guys win your fantasy football championships. Now, looking at Adam Thielen's numbers last year, they were absolutely fucking atrocious. Adam Thielen only plays 10 games, finishes as wide receiver number 63, 11.4 PPR points per game, 42nd at wide receiver. As Kirk Cousins would say, you don't like that. 48 targets, 4.8 per game, 81st at wide receiver, 30 receptions, 3.0 per game, 81st at wide receiver, 418 receiving yards, 41.8 per game, 76th at wide receiver, 7 total touchdowns, 13th amongst wide receivers, and 5 red zone receptions, 42nd amongst wide receivers. So what caused Adam Thielen to miss time, and why did he not look like that alpha wide receiver that we're used to seeing out of Adam Thielen. If we look at it here, we can see that he had a thigh hamstring sprain. Grade 2 happens week 9, I believe, up against the San Francisco 49ers. He misses four games. And then after that, his numbers looked absolutely atrocious. Looking deeper into that, the first seven games is before his injury. The last three is without, and that's what really drove his numbers down. Seven games before he ended up getting hurt from weeks 1 to week 8. 13.56 or 13.53 half PPR points per game, 15.46 PPR points per game. His receptions was 3.86 per game, 0.86 touchdowns a game, 5.71 targets, and 55.86 receiving yards. But once he came back from his injury, he faltered like no other. He's like trying to put a baby on ice skates and try to have him skate around the hockey rink against fucking Wayne Gretzky. Three games after that, his injury, 1.57 half PPR points per game, 2.0 PPR points per game, one reception per game, 2.67 targets, and nine receiving yards. So obviously that really tells the tale of the back end of his season not being too good, but before he got hurt, he was playing very good. So what happened from Minnesota back then to Minnesota now? Minnesota then was a very heavy run team. They love to run the rock. Now, I don't think that necessarily changes. I think it might actually go back a little bit. Now, obviously right now, I have no fucking clue about Dalvin Cook. I'm just going to assume that Dalvin Cook plays a majority of the games. He may end up getting hurt like he always does, but I'm going to assume that they figure out this holdout stuff. So they're going to run the ball a decent amount, but they get rid of a big piece in this offense. They get rid of Stefan Diggs, and they ship his ass to Buffalo. They send him to the frozen tundra, even though it's already fucking frozen in Minnesota. So how does this affect Adam Thielen? Adam Thielen, to me, was always the key wide receiver on the team. He was the number one wide receiver for Kirk Cousins. But now with this move, it makes it so that he is clearly the wide receiver one. He's the best option to throw the ball to unless you dump it off to Dalvin Cook to name some guys around him. Obviously, they drafted Justin Jefferson. So you might be thinking, oh, Justin Jefferson could have a great year with the Vikings. I think he could have a decent year. But obviously, that doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, this is going to take be like Mr. Stefan Diggs is still there. No, it's not. There's no one around him that is an amazing pass catcher, an elite talent like we've seen 
out of Adam Thielen. I really think that Adam Thielen is going to see an enormous amount of targets. If you notice, actually, back when Stefan Diggs was on the team, Kirk Cousins does this thing that makes no sense to me. He puts on the laser vision, the laser fucking goggles, and he literally aims at one wide receiver for the whole game. So it's either going to be the Stefan Diggs game or the Adam Thielen game. I've actually noticed that because it just happens. We saw deep last year, once Adam Thielen got hurt, Stefan Diggs was putting on amazing fantasy performances. And I actually think that's what we're going to see from Adam Thielen all season long in 2020. Now, I understand that this team is going to be running the ball at a decent amount. I already talked about it. I think they are going to decrease the amount they're running, especially if Dalvin Cook ends up missing the beginning part of the year. But Alexander Madison is definitely a talented running back at that. They still have Mr. You Like That, Kirk Cousins under center. So I think that Adam Thielen is bound to have a top 12 season. To go back to former Adam Thielen, something interesting is that two years ago in 2018, Adam Thielen, for the first like eight weeks of the season, was the number one wide receiver. This guy was easily the most valuable fantasy option in fantasy football at the wide receiver position. I think he may end up going back to that this season in Minnesota. So if you guys ended up enjoying this video, please make sure to click that subscribe button down below. And I'll, and we can talk about any of these guys down below. You want to talk about Thielen, you want to talk about Cooper Cup, you want to talk about any wide receiver, any player, I'm always happy to talk to you guys down below in the comments. I try to make it so that the comments are very nice. We all have fun. We talk shit about each other. Not really about each other, just to each other about our takes. Like, fuck you for liking Stefan Diggs. Fuck you for liking Cooper Cup. It's just an all-around fun time down there. We're all a bunch of alpha males. So have a great rest of your day. Shout out to the couple of females that watch these videos. I love you all. Have a great rest of your day. Make sure to click that subscribe button and click on one of the videos on your screen right now. See you guys tomorrow with yet another banger of a video. Goodbye.